We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, June 19th. And you know what we do on Mondays? We bring in James McCool. Mondays with McCool. It's alliteration. You get it? Two M's, right? Mondays with McCool. We bring him on because he's the co author. The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. How to think like a professional DFS player, as well as Theory of DFS for advanced players, including his own custom Excel tools. You can pick up both courses and the tools at theoryofdfs.com. So uh, give James a nice thumbs up here in the morning. We like the thummy thumbs. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Good morning to the early birds. Good morning to DFIC. Good morning to Daniel Hutchins. Good things he's here because, uh, uh, James, I wanted to talk more about what, what you've been doing because you, you, you periodically DM me saying, running my Sims, running my Sims, see my stuff, right? What's been, what's been going on with you? Uh, well, I broke it. <laughs> well, you, bro- you broke it? <laughs> I broke it. Uh, so, yeah, the, the testing has been good. Um, and what it has come to be is there's kind of two different ways to run it right now okay so Uh, so so just to recap in case people did not watch last week Mm -hmm. uh give 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 a a very you know thirty thousand foot view of of what what you've built or what you're trying to do and then we could discuss how you broke it okay 
So uh, what I what I am trying to do and what I am going to do uh, is build an actual contest simulation program for use uh, by anybody who subscribes over at Pater. Um, and what you're going to be able to do is upload whatever projection set that you have uh, and whatever portfolio of lineups that you have that you want to analyze, and then actually simulate a contest based on the contest size and the strength of the field. Um, and those will both be parameters that you can enter in. So. That's what I'm building at the moment. Uh, the way that I broke it was there's kind of two ways that I have been running it. And one of them is based on creating a field, right? So uh, not necessarily trying to analyze what my portfolio of lineups that I am entering into it will do. I'm uh, not measuring any EV, just creating a field and seeing what the ownership projections are going to be based on that field, right? So that's that's one part of it and the the effort in that is just to create a field and see and make sure that the seed creation that i'm utilizing is actually creating lineups that could be used so there's that part of it and then there is creating an optimal set of exposures based on ev right so in that one that is actually trying to say okay instead of just trying to look at what the field creation mechanics are doing actually running it and seeing what the simulations say is the correct way to play, what the stacks are using that um, the simulations find as the winner most often, the things that have the best cash rate, stuff like that. So there's kind of two different pieces to it. Uh, and one of those things is utilizing ownership in the seed creation. And one of those things is utilizing projection in the seed creation. Okay. Cause that's the main, that's the, uh... To me, that's the most difficult part. Right. Actually, actually running the simulation of a contest. I mean, there's multiple ways that you could do it. Obviously, there's more precise ways. Like that, that that's not really that difficult to do, no. right? To, to to some extent. It's just that by doing so, you it's data in, data out, right? You put garbage data in, garbage data out. You put you put ten thousand lineups in that are never going to be representative in the field like yeah it'll tell oh, this lineup has a has a 74% ROI yeah well in relation to the 9900 other lineups that are neither going to be in the contest or anything like it it doesn't really matter so like that seed creation process to me is the most important mm -hmm. part of what you do and the most difficult part mm -hmm. of what you do and you're not going to get it perfect but what you're what you're saying is that simply ownership projections alone don't necessarily tell the whole story. But right. you're trying to utilize projection, and I'm assuming you're doing so because the especially the more content that's out there and the more people that are using projections, the more likely is that higher projected lineups will exist. So the combination and an, an you could use ownership and say, oh, yeah, this this 10% total owned lineup probably doesn't exist. But you could also say that if that 10% owned lineup happens to be, you know, three points off optimal, like, yet it just means the field is absurdly inefficient, mm -hmm. but it also makes it more likely that that lineup still gets used because of its high projection. Right. So <clears throat> the projections are important because when we are trying to put together a, 
a field based on seed creation, one of the main things that we need to do is we need to make sure that we are getting at the very least a strong local maxima rather than a global maxima. So and now, now you're, you're blowing my mind. There are people out there, local mat, but the, the only local maxima I know is my, my neighbor's Nissan. Like, <laughs> uh, what, yeah, what does so, local maxima mean? Uh, the global maxima is the, is the optimal and a local maxima is an optimal within a certain set of lineups. So the, the, the purpose of an optimizer is to create the global maxima. It, it is to create the best possible lineup that you can create utilizing the thresholds of salary and projection, right? So that, that's a global maxima. The local maxima is when I create the seed lineups for the field, I want to make sure that I am able to create a local maxima that is close enough to the global maxima that it is likely to be included in the field. Why can't you so, just go out and just create the global one? I could. And I, and I, when I am doing the, uh, when I am simming for optimal, then I am doing that. I am creating like the first 10 or so optimals based on the projection set and then surrounding those with the field creation and then inserting the, the user's um, portfolio into that. So I'm doing all three, but the, the field creation, like I still want the field creation to be able to come at least really, really close and like have something within probably the 10 top optimals for the slate because it needs to make sure that it is utilizing good enough lineups in the seed creation to compete with the optimals that you can get from optimal. You know what I mean? Well, I, mean I mean, I was always, I always assumed in our previous discussions that that you're using local maximums primarily because for speed, and that, like it, that, and, like, like yeah. the difference being that, like the global anything, like on a 13 game MLB slate, mm -hmm. for you to create the global, like seed lineups, is like there's, you know, how many combinations there? Are? I mean, yes. like it's 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 absurd. Right. So you you limit that. So even though you may not be, you may not hit every, you, you may, in the set of lineups, so like if we had two different sets of lineups, it's like trying to create the global maxima versus creating a reasonable local maxima is that the global maxima contains all possible lineups. Mm -hmm. The local maxima comes, uh, contains most possible lineups, and you believe that the seed lineups that you could choose from, from either group, if you choose it from the global and you let's say you choose the thirty two thousand eight hundred and seventy four whatever that you that you think like it's guaranteed to be in the global set, mm -hmm. but the lineups that you choose out of the local maybe only ninety eight percent are represented in that set. And for 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 speed purposes, like that two percent different, like you may miss two percent of the lineups that actually show up because they right. didn't end up in the local, like. That's that's the cost of doing business. Is, am, am I yeah. am I coming close to why you're doing it that way? No, that is exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, create because when I'm creating the seed the seed frame for all these lineups, I end up creating somewhere between fifty and hundred million lineups, and like that's the, not that, that is fifty to hundred. It sounds like a lot, but on a on a large on a large MLB slate or even NFL slate, like a hundred million is still like ten percent of what's like right. even possible. Right. So. Uh, the, this, the, is a, this is only including players that are playing. Like, I know that yeah. you can make even more if it's like the, the injured players, the players that aren't on the roster anymore. Like, 
we're we're taking that into consideration that these are players that have any projection mm -hmm. and any ownership projection above a certain threshold as well because part of this when we get right now we're talking about projection but when we get to talking about ownership like you have to include ownership so that you can reduce the amount of combinations that you are able to make because otherwise this process would take forever right. so you do have to say yeah there's going to be some players that have an ownership projection of like one or two percent that are not included in this but like that's just like you said the cost of doing business it just is what it is when you're trying to create this many lineups is, is so, it very similar that I, I described last week on it's much more important to get the lineups that are higher projected and higher owned accurate meaning when I mean lineups being accurate, I'm talking about like almost exact accuracy. Like there's 10 spots in an MLB lineup. Like it's so much more important to get the line. What, what, are, what are the, what is the lineup with the 20% on stack and the 50% on pitcher look like? Right. If there's three one-offs there, I want to be as, I want to get those lineups right. While the 1% on stack that has one of these 3%, 2% one-offs there's only like there may only be five or ten lineups like that in your contest, and it could it contain like a hundred different one-offs to get that accurate. You may you may end up getting more like five, six, seven players accurate in those lineups, but that doesn't affect you as much because there's so much less of them. Yet the lineups that contain the higher owned and higher projected players, like you want to have those. You want to have if possible all ten. And you can get the actuals afterwards and go, yes, I nailed, I got that lineup, I got this lineup, I got this lineup. Mm -hmm. And then once you start going down in ownership and going down in projection, it's like, okay, this lineup wasn't represented, but a 1v1 off of it was. Right. And then there's another 1v1, and here's another 1v1. And then once you get down to the the lower owned, lower projected lineups, it's like those lineups you probably didn't contain in your, in your, seed, in your seed creation, right, at the right. end. But, like, you can't, it's like, oh, yeah, I did include 12, you know, very low percentage Tiger stacks. And I got the stack generally, like in most of these lineups, the stack is kind of right. The pitcher is mostly right, but like the one, like I'm off on the one-off. So you're, like you're more of a 3v3 or a 4v4 off of that. But like, like you said, the cost of doing business is that, like you don't want to screw up the ones where, like the high owned pitcher and the high owned stack, you don't have the right. You don't. You you have not represented the one offs, the four three ones, the the five one 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 lineups, in and you're off by two or three players in those. Right. It it just becomes one of those it is what it is situations where we're we're doing a lot of work on this with. Like we're we're already assuming that randomness needs to take a lot of different wheels here. Like, not just Jesus takes the wheel, but Jesus is going to take, like, six different wheels at once, right? Right. That's well, well you're also, way. James, you're also you're also acknowledging the fact that the projected ownership is not perfect either. Right. So there's going to be right. a margin of error, even if, even, even, like, I mean, this is hard enough to do. If I had a time machine and I told you the ownership, like, I didn't tell you the lineups, and I said, here's the actual ownership from the large field MLB DK slate. That it, this guy was projected to be 42% owned, but he ended up being 48% owned. This guy projected, his stack projected to be 12% uh, owned and they were 8% owned. Like, 
you get enough of a margin error there that, but even if I told you what the, mm -hmm. all the players actual ownership was, it would still be difficult to recreate the actual lineups from there. So being the fact that the projected ownership is never perfect either. I mean, you're introducing a lot of steps where you're, you're never going to get, you're, you're never going to get it perfect. I mean, right. none, none of this entire process is precise to the point in which like you could bank on it and doing the same thing every single day. You're just hoping, hoping from an, a directional standpoint that when you back test against actual, mm -hmm. that you could, once you have the actual, actual lineups and then run your projections through the actual and then compare the lineups that you created in the seed versus the actual going, are the ROIs at least directionally close? Like this, this lineup in my seed set, you know, had uh, the 28% ROI. And this similar lineup in, in the actual had a 22% ROI. Be like, mm -hmm. okay, that's fine. But you wouldn't want to have it that one is 28% and one was negative 35% because of, you know, ownership margin of error. And, you know, you misrepresented what was in the lineup. Like you're like, I, th I think a lot, a lot of people are approaching this, even, even utilizing these tools as if the margin of error doesn't number one doesn't exist or number two if it does exist that like it could oh it you'll you'll oh it'll always be what it is or the opposite like oh there's so much margin of error that even doing this process is worthless yeah that there's the margins of error here are, are pretty exceptional i think that the margin of error here on a large field large variant sport like mlb is going to be um, less volatile than like eventually when this gets turned into a showdown contest simulation thing. Like that's where we really run into like, oh, you were off by 3% ownership on this player and none of the contest sims that you ran matter at all. Well, throw that out the window, you know? That's well, where- why, can, you, can you explain why that is? Because I think, I think people's natural inclination is to think that in showdown, so let's say and let's say NFL Classic versus NFL Showdown. Yeah. At Showdown, when people would think it would be this process would be easier yeah. and more accurate, and I think I, I want to they're, they're not mutually exclusive mm -hmm. because the amount of lineups that can be made is so much smaller that oh you could it's much hey you give me lineup HQ on a Showdown and you say that you know there's a whatever amount contest like. Dude, I could build, I, I just bluntly probably build a representative set mm -hmm. decently of thousands of lineups that are actually going to be in the contest. But can you explain why the margin of error on 3% of a player in Showdown is so much different than 3% of a player on Classic? Well, it, it comes down to the expected value of each player based on the contest simulation. So, like... If I'm off by 3% ownership on, let's just say, like, Tyreek Hill, all right? Let's say that I have him projected at 28% ownership on an NFL Classic slate, and he comes in at 25% ownership. So because of the amount of combinations that we have and because of the amount of players that we have, the optimality of Tyreek Hill being 3% or having 3% less ownership on him than I projected is not going to move the needle all that much because different combinations of permutations that we have are going to assign expected value a lot differently than in a showdown contest. 
Like there are so many other combinations that we have that can make up that 3% in ownership based on different projection and different value and different expected value of players in that range that it doesn't hurt that bad to be off on 3% on a 28% on Tyreek Hill. But when we're looking at showdown, especially when we're dealing with like a third string tight end, I always use this example, but like, say you have a third string tight end who's projected for 4.3 fantasy points. All right. So if you project him at 16% ownership, and he's projected at 4.3% fantasy points or 4.3 fantasy points. If at 16% ownership, he is a good play in showdown. That means that the lineups that include him have a much higher EV because he is underexposed by the field at 16% ownership. If he jumps up to 19% ownership and he was only optimal, like 17% of the time, the lineups now that have him are much less EV because of that 3% difference. And as well, we I, go I, think, down, I think you're, you're skipping over the step. I think that the better explanation of this for showdown. Sure. Is that like, and, and we, and we see this in the dupl. If you get the duplication predictor theory of DFS.com, you will see this expressed in showdown way more than in, in, in classic. Mm-hmm. People think it's like, okay, there's only so many lineups you could play in showdown, right? There's only so many. I mean, obviously there's, there's still thousands, tens of thousands, whatever. Uh, so many lineups to play in showdown playing a, a I'm going to play a 3% own third tight end. And then he comes in at, at 6%. Okay. Now in a classic, let's say in classic NFL, you're playing whatever lineup and then you're playing a one-off wide receiver or something, right? Or a running back. And one, the running back that you're playing, you think is going to be 3% owned, ends up being 6% owned. Now, because of how many other lineups there possibly could be, think of that, that, you know, we want to call it the global maxima, right? We may use that term. We think of just the lineups that are going to be played. The difference of 3% difference, right, between what you thought your lineup was going to be owned and what it is, your lineup may still be unique. Mm-hmm. Right, it's still like like it's a three. Per, there's three percent more lineups in the contest that you expected, but they don't all look like yours because how many other combinate? We're, we're playing a twelve game NFL slate, so it's like yeah, you may you may have that now six percent wide receiver, but how many lineups have the ten percent run running back with them that have the four percent on defense with them, the eighteen percent tight end with them, like. Not as many because that yeah, there's three percent more lineups than you expected, but there's a lot more combinations that can be made right. out of that extra three percent in showdown. There's an extra three percent. You have a hundred thousand entry contest. I mean, three percent is three thousand. So an extra three thousand lineups exists with that player, but how many combinations could possibly exist? Right. Much lower because it's showdown. So when you go in and go, I'm gonna build this lineup. And I have it project, projected to be only duplicated two or three times at when he's 3% owned. You double that, right? It's only 3% difference. Another 3,000 lineups. Another 3,000 lineups. The, the lineup could be duplicated 27 times now because mm-hmm. you've introduced 3,000 more lineups that you never thought were going to be there. 
And there's only so many combinations of those 3,000 lineups that have that player in them. And next thing you know, your EV originally at 3% owned goes from, you know, like, bro, this is one of the most, you know, profitable lineups in the contest to uh, now you're going to be splitting first, you know, so many times that uh, minus 22% ROI. Like, but it's primarily because of even though you can predict the lineups that are going to be played much easier, it also makes it that that the more that you're off on ownership, the less wiggle room you have to, well, yeah, if I'm off on this guy being, I mean, in showdown, the difference between 1% and 2% matter. Maybe not the difference as much from 58% to 59%, right? Because you've already, a 58% on player in a 100,000 person contest already exists in, in 58,000 lineups, yeah. right? So, if he's 59% owned, that means instead of 58,000 lineups, he has 59,000 lineups, right? But you've already represented, he's in a lot of lineups in, in your set. It's like if, the extra thousand is only a small fraction of what you made in the first place. But at 1%, like you only represented 1,000 lineups and now he's 2% owned. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's two, that, that, that's double. That's an extra thousand that you didn't think were going to be there when the initial was only a thousand to begin with. So in proportion... Like those, those are the ones in showdown that matter more. Yet in classic, it goes the opposite way. The classic, like you'd much be much more accurate on making sure that there's 58,000 lineups that represent that player and not be off where, oh, you actually got represented at 65,000 lineups. And that difference is 7,000 lineups. And in classic, that will matter a lot more. And in showdown, because now, because in classic, you, you got to make seven thousand more different combinations of those, mm-hmm. and you already have plenty of different combinations. So you just, they're going to be covering more ground than what you expect. Yeah, it just it, it's it's a lesson in the combinatorics of DFS, where that three percent jump to six percent jump, that can just absolutely annihilate EV. And, and on top of that, the other part of that is. Of those 3,000 extra lineups, like you projected that they would be 3% owned in a 100,000-man contest, there's only so many combinations that you can make with a third-string tight end that, that are going to be, like, well-projected. Uh, of the other extra 3,000 lineups now, you still only have that many lineups that are going to be well-projected uh, of that player. So it, it almost becomes this exponential or, or, like, at least logarithmic jump where it just becomes so gross that three percent change. So when right, right. So, so uh, to, to, but in that people that don't understand logarithmic, meaning that the extra, if you started with a you know three thousand lineups that had X player in it, and now you have three thousand more of them, like it's quite possible that you're not gaining any extra combinations. All you're doing is adding more duplication to the three thousand that you right. have already. So it's quite possible that not it's not going to be the same three thousand doubled. Right, this lineup instead of being, you know, duplicated three times, it's now going to be six. It's quite possible that some of the higher projected combinations are duplicated now twenty-two times, and the lower projected combinations go from two dupes to three dupes. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not linear. It's not an even spread of what that is. And like I said, that affects showdown more because there's so 
so many less options than in classic. And, and, and Daniel Hutchins even points out in a large contest, there's so many entries in a field that the particulars of each lineup won't matter all that much if you get it roughly correct or reasonable overall. In something like a 10-man contest, though, you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it just it gets really gross. And bringing that back into the, the contest simulations is we're, we're not going to have perfect ownership by any means. Uh, like when I run... Um, when I run standard deviations against like roto grinders and, and some other industry stuff, and we, we sit somewhere around between like 0.8 and 0.9 or something like that on standard. Which is very good, which is actually good. Good. That's good. Um, but like, we're still, you know, we, we have 10 to 20% that's not explained. And, uh, that 10 to 20% can really kill you, especially in showdown, but in, in larger fields and regular contests, you know, you, you have guys that are like, I don't know, uh, a, a leadoff cheap hitter, let's say uh, Tucapara Murano for Arcano, for right, that, that guy, yeah. yeah let, let's take him. He's one. He's 2,700 and leading off for Pittsburgh against Oakland or something like that, right? If ownership projections have him at like 17% owned and he's cheap, he's a good value, he's probably going to project well, and he's projected for 17% owned. If he comes in at 33% owned, like the contest sim is just – you might as well throw it in the garbage, right? Yeah, it's it, it's so hard. And that's – so then, bringing it all the way back to the beginning of this, why I have been running two different types of it. Right, you said it's broken. You broke it. And then I broke it. Yeah, and we'll get to that here in a second. Oh, okay. So this isn't even how you broke it. Okay. So no. <laughs> what two different things were you doing? So the, there's the field creation. There's checking the field against the ownerships to make sure the creation is – or that like that the seed creation is working correctly. And then there is the optimality run which is telling you uh, what players and stacks are going to be the highest EV based on the contest set, right? So there's two different things going on there. The first one is measuring ownership against actual within the contest sims. And then the next one is measuring winners and caching lineups against the projected ownership to find which players are better based on the winning lineups, quote unquote, against how often they are used and how much they're projected. So like, in the one that I'm looking at now, right before I broke it, um, Ronald Acuna Jr. was projected at 25% owned. He came at, at 42% owned, and that's important. But he was only in the winning and cashing lineups 20% of the time. So that day, he was an incredible fade based on the contest sims. However, and this is where we got to where I broke it, what I was running into was that the reason why Acuna was only in there 20% of the time is because the seed creation was not taking in enough values. It was only trying to pull in highly projected play. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what we ended up with was, yeah, Acuna is only in there 20% of the time, but that's simply because there were not enough value plays being utilized in the seed creation to allow him to be in the lineups. Right. So the, the way that the, 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 the strength of the field variations are working here is it's trying to say, like, without giving too much away, who are the best players to use to create this, this seed lineup? Like when we're creating this frame of lineups, who are the best players to use? And a lot of that comes down to highly projected high ownership players, but it had a blind spot when it came to somebody like Gavin sheets, who ends up being like 26% owned or something at, at two K because he's batting third for the white Sox and there's expensive pitchers, but he doesn't project all that well. And his ownership projection is not all that high. So he doesn't make it into the seed creation, which then doesn't allow somebody like Ronald Acuna to be put in. As people are listening to this and glazing over, this is the cascading effect of having the wrong ownership or the wrong sim creation. Right, right. Because if Gavin Sheets was, if you had him at higher ownership, the, the seed lineups would have been created more properly. Right, right, right. But because he was only projected at like... 12% ownership or something, and he comes in at 27% ownership, then it removed him from the field to be utilized because his projection wasn't high enough and his ownership wasn't high enough. You don't, you don't, you wouldn't think 12% even on a classic plate isn't high enough to, it was like a game plate. Um, and, and, and it was, or no, it, no, it was like a, it was a smaller slate, and that's why it pulled him out because the projected ownerships were higher overall. Like the cutoff yeah, on that twelve percent is pretty. I mean, truthfully, twelve percent, twelve percent was fine for pulling in the ownership, but his projection was low. It it needed to want both, and that's where I had to go in and break it because I needed a way to then say, okay, well, if this guy is, you know, projected either really highly with ownership or really highly with value and value was the other thing that I wasn't really pulling in all that much, then it needs to try to include that person. So in doing that, I had to split some things up and split up the seed creation, which then caused more cascading coding effects, which then I had to split up this, and then I had to change this variable, and then I had to change the way that this variable was created so that I could create a different frame so that I could add these together and concatenate them. And in doing all of that, uh, I ran into this error that was basically telling me the field was getting smaller and smaller incrementally because it was not recreating the field at the same size it, it's this it's this whole thing that i have not quite gotten to fix because yesterday was his father's day but in trying to split that up and add in a better variable for ownership and value i basically just broke the whole thing 
So that's what does that tell you now? So so like on today's slate, like if you ran it, what what? So basically, what it's happening is that it's it's limiting the seed creation so much that you're just not getting enough lineups at all. Uh, yes. And then when it tries to go in and create more based on some loosened variables, it ends up killing a whole lot of lineups that were available and now are not available. So like the the field of strength, the, the reason I know this is happening, because it so much of this is like happening behind a black box and like happening in NumPy that I, I don't know a lot of what is happening. Um, but the, the only reason why I know that it is going through and removing all of these lineups from the field and from the seed creation is because my field of strength variable is basically like, it's going from an okay range of like 25 to 35%. To like two hundred and forty percent, right? Basically, basically, it's telling you that that well, this field is awful. Like the like the whoever's whoever's playing these lineups in your contest. I mean, this contest is just like a a, a field day for like if you were right. to play that on DraftKings every day, you'd be making millions of dollars. If you, it's basically saying the field is so bad that if you created a lineup, you would win the contest every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so that's why it it the field ends up being so bad that it says these lineups are not good enough to include in the field so we're just going to remove them and then it piles on and says okay well if we weren't able to create the field with that one let's loosen the constraints even more and then it takes out more lineups and it just it's a very annoying cascade effect and yes daniel hutchins if i was doing this on github i could just use git revert but i am not I'm doing it on my local machine because I am a bad code developer. So uh, <laughs> you didn't create a, 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 a like a development environment or anything. Uh, no, no, I'm just doing no, it. On just my... whatever you just edit and say uh, uh, the old school, right? Isn't isn't that the old the old school way of development? Is yeah. is that you create whatever file and then you save it with a date and then you have file number two and then file number three and then file number four, right? That's the old school way. And then, then you start getting comfortable with like, Oh, whatever I can edit on the, on the production side of things. And then you make 18 edits and then you forgot what exactly, then you have to back up and you don't know where the hell you're backing up to. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm still within range of like being able to back all the way up and like revert everything back to like when it was running. I, I'm probably still within range. I know how it looked and like I have the code put together in that way. But uh, I, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. version control. Come on. I mean. No, I just, I, I have the version, right? Like I, I have the version that I could go back to, but I want, that version was not good enough. And like, even though it well, is better than broken. Enough, it, well, it's broken, but like, I know eventually how it's going to be fixed. I just need the time to sit down and do it. And yesterday was Father's Day, so I didn't have time. And then Saturday, Margaret was up at a gig, so I had to watch Damascus all day, so I didn't have time. And I broke it on Friday, and I basically just haven't had time to like sit down and put on my hoodie and put on my headphones and code for three hours. So. On Father's Day, you had to watch your kid? No, on Father's Day, we, uh, we went out to the mall, um, and we bought me some clothes. And uh, we then went and got some good barbecue and we had a good lunch. And then we ran around at the park for a while and we came home and um, I played video games. Because <laughs> what, what, It's your day, right? It's, it's my day. It's, tell me your father, it's your day. I don't get I don't get that day. I don't have kids. No, no. You actually. No, no, no. no. See, the, here, there's the difference. I always get that day because I don't have kids. <laughs>
Fun fact, you don't actually exist on Father's Day because you're not a father. Um, whatever reality you're in on that day, that's not the one that I'm in. So. It's, that's, to me, that's just a normal Sunday of yeah, me. Totally oh, different. I have time to myself. I get to do whatever I want. It's like, yeah, that's that's every day for me. Yeah. It's, right. uh, Alex it's Santi awesome. says, Blender, you always have your day. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's wonderful. So anyway, uh, we're, we're at an okay spot that after I implement this variable, um, then I can start putting things together in a way that allows users to start testing, which is really cool. Um, having it in that beta form because I have all the other variables available now, um, and I, I'm. Pretty... Can, I, can I test it? Are yeah, you, am I allowed to test it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I? Can, um, I, can I, Do I? Do I have to use your projections? Can I put in my projections? You can put in your projections. You can put in whatever aggregate you want. Can I? Can I put in my? Do I have to make the lineups or do you make the lineups? Uh, if you just want to run a field creation, then you can just run whatever is optimal based on your site, uh, based on your aggregate projections. But you should probably create your own lineups. Okay, but I, I if I if I give you the if I give you the my 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 player projections and ownership projections that you could create the field. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So because to me that's 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 the, that's the important part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, right. I've had a couple of people reach out to me and ask if they could just use it to create a field to go use in this Scotastic tool, <laughs> which, right. which I'm fine. Like, whatever. Right? I understand. People subbed other things. I get it. Um, but yeah, you're going to be able, I, I'm going to allow people to have both both options that I've been running, which is just simply field creation and then also running your own lineups to see which lineups are the best, what is the optimal exposure, stuff like that. So, okay. It's gonna be cool. once, I, it's, once it's not broken. Once it's not broken, right? Once I once I figure out the stupid value variable thing that so, I so so if I test it and I don't win, that means it's broken, right? Uh, no, that's, <laughs> that's not how these things work at all. Uh, and, and it's funny, it's funny because like when I am running things, uh, and when I'm testing things out, I, I'm running usually the uh, the rotor grinders top five optimal, right? Like that's usually what I am running to test out uh how often things are winning and usually those lineups are are plus ev but when i'm running a simulation of five thousand instances uh like the top lineup wins like four times and the second lineup wins like two times and in saying that welcome to actual long-term dfs when you run a contest five thousand times and you win it five times but you're still plus ev just play the contest 5,000 times the right, same good way. Luck, you right. You play, you play, you just, when you play for 25 years straight, that's yep. when everything will uh, even out. Yeah, there you go. Welcome to variance of DFS. I like what Dfix says. He says, I consider Blender to be one of the fathers of solid DFS plays, so we could let him celebrate. Yeah, yeah, you would like that. You, Of course you would like to hear that. Uh, I would also consider you one of the fathers of solid DFS play. So yeah, go ahead and go have your Sunday wherever, whatever university. I was going to do that anyway. Doesn't matter. I don't even, dude. I don't even play MLB DFS on Sundays, right? I take Sundays off because I'd rather sleep in and not have to wake up. And then, then there's always catchers that aren't in lineups and everything. And then the, the, the uh, someone, some the Pirates don't have their lineup in at two o'clock. It's like I don't yeah. nah. I, I prefer I prefer the nice good old 7 p.m. Eastern slates with like two West Coast games and all the lineups are in and we're good. Sundays are pretty annoying, um, especially because there's usually a lot of games. Um, today, like today is the perfect slate. Give me a slate that locks at 7 p.m. Eastern, is seven games, and has multiple qualifiers and and some good up. Only one late game. Only the pod the Padres uh, Giants game is the late. Yeah. Game. 
I, I mean, like, I would honestly, I'm with you. I would prefer if there was two of them. Uh, there's usually reduced ownership on those later games too, because people don't want to wait. And like, especially if you have San Francisco or Arizona teams that like don't release their lineup until a little bit later, you get such low ownership on those kind of teams. And that's always nice, but a, a seven game slate with nice top heavy contests, some qualifiers. That's, that's what I'm all I about. I could do with I some would. more games. I could do with nine or 10. You like nine game? I, I like. Yeah, I like no, the, no, 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 no. The reason I like larger slates is because you take more advantage. You gain more EV from the lineups that don't stack in larger slates. So, like, the larger sure. the slate is, the more that stacks are valuable. So, I think a lot a lot of the EV in, in large field GPPs and MLB comes from, you know, the, the mishmash lineups that are seeding all that equity to you. Mm-hmm. So the larger the slate is, the more equity it it, it seeds to you. Now, does it mean I enjoy playing fourteen game slates with with multiple start time? No, no. I I I'm 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 willing I'm willing to compromise on a middle ground of like a nine ten game slate yeah. where 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 all the lineups are out before long. And this is this is the difference in play style. You prefer to play in a more optimal play style that is looking to just play the best lineups and beat the people who are playing badly. I prefer to try to take advantage of where I think people are laying their equity in the wrong place. So a smaller which is, which is easier on smaller slates. Right, which is a lot easier. You know, you have these 50% owned pitchers, you have hitters that end up in that 40 to 50% on range and like leveraging that and exploiting that and mistakes and ownership and exposure. I like to do that a lot more. Sure. Um, just and also that is why I like the top heavier payouts on a smaller slate because it's so much easier to well, win. Because you win $10,000 seemingly every other week, right? <laughs> I had a really bad week last week. I, I'm down like 7,000 this last week. Uh, but that's which, a lot for you. That is a lot for me. I know. Well, you just decided to go YOLO balls to the wall. You got your live final seat. You, You've been picking up 10k wins. You're like, I'm up in my volume. Are you? Um, I, I'm playing. I'm playing the 555 more consistently right now. Yeah. Oh, okay, but you're playing one. Right. You're playing one lineup in there. Uh, one, but I'm also playing every slate. So days where there's an early slate and a late slate, playing 444 and the 555. You know, a thousand bucks here and there. Only cashing once last week. Uh, I guess twice. I cashed by the skin of my freaking teeth yesterday. I literally was the last cashing spot. With fading the Braves and having Luke Weaver with negative three points in my lineup. Um, I will take that as a win for sure. But yeah, I mean, down quite a bit last week. So I need a win today to even things out, get, a, get another 10K added to the bank account, and then, you know, punt it off again. It's it's, yeah. it's the life cycle of DFS. It's what just, we do. just be, be careful. I am careful. Be I know. Careful. I'm being careful. I know. But you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a nit. So like I look at that and go, James playing the five. I don't even play the five fifty five. I I like the five fifty five. I like the five fifty five. Um, I prefer the two fifty most of the time. If it's that I I would admit I would admit that I I if I like the personally I like the one twenty one. Of yeah, course, you're never going to make like a ton of money. It's five k to first, but it's very flat and it's very exploitable. So I like that. Other than that, the two fifty that pays twenty k to first. That's the one. Like, like that's different payout structure. So you can but. A lot of times the lineups that you see in the 121 are very similar to lineups that you see in the 250. Mm-hmm. And if you want to exploit that, I mean, that's totally exploitable also. Yeah. Yeah. The 250 and and specifically to clarify the 20K to first 250. If it's the 15K to first 250, I probably want to play the 121 and the 88 instead. Because well, the I five grand, it's just like, no, 
20 the, the extra five grand, it, you just who cares? It's about, it's about the payout structure specifically, and because it is so top heavy, that extra 5k, like that, that matters. It makes to a me. difference. No, I understand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing yeah. with you. I'm just, I, I, if people just are going to say, oh, the 5k difference, what does that matter? Yeah, it's, it certainly matters. Uh, and then so I'll, I'll play. When the 250 is not 20k to first, I'll usually either play the 121 and the 88 or the 555. I'm not trying to play the 888 all that often. I play it every once in a while just because I'm a nit or I'm a DJ. Well, sometimes they don't offer that. They don't offer the 888 and the and the 555 at the same time. Uh, no, no, they don't. They it's either they do the 555, the 777, or the 888, or the 444. Uh, they they only offer the 444 when it's a split slate of the early and the late, and then they'll do a 444 and a 555 late. Okay. Um, right. See, Daniel's pointing out the 555 is often 33 percent of first, while yeah. the 250 is often 20 percent. That's why I mean that. And then right. the 121 is only 10 percent of first. I mean that's why it's such a right. payout structure. But it highlights the fact that. The payout structure, as we talk about in the theory of daily fantasy sports, how to think like a professional DFS player, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, that the types of lineups that you build, one of the contextual variables is the payout structure, mm-hmm. right? The more top-heavy it is, the more the more leverage matters, the more that, you know, being different matters to flatter the payout structure, no, you, you, the difference between first and tenth is not nearly as dramatic. Right. The difference between all the lines, but once the millimaker is the most top heavy, where not the difference between first and second matter dramatically. Yeah. That it matters more that you you you, you aim even even higher and even more contrarian to first place. Yeah, and and all this talk and that what Daniel Hutchins just said, five to five is often 33% first. That's why I like that contest. And especially why I would like that contest today on seven games late, because it's exploitable. The hard part for me is going to be at the live final, which is only a hundred entries and it's super flat. Mm-hmm. I have to think about the way that I play that contest because that is not typically my play style. Like there, you there play is the same way. I think, I think there are plenty of people I've seen Mm-hmm. live finals that play too safe i and so I think right you're gonna and get the so, same, i think you're gonna get the same dynamic where yeah where you 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 could exploit that month that whatever whatever like the chalk pitchers i mean are gonna be chalk i mean oh yeah if there's a yeah. chalk chalk combination that's gonna be doesn't mean you doesn't mean you can't you can't play them it's just mm-hmm. that there's all i i think you're gonna find that the condensed that the ownership condensement that you see in the 555 is going to be the same in the live final, just that the payout yeah. structure is a little bit different. So maybe you just have to scale it a little bit, a little bit back where you're like, Oh, well, I see all this ownership going X, Y, and Z. It's like, it doesn't mean to not play X, Y, and Z. It just means right. not to play X, Y, or X, Z, or even just one of X, Y, and Z, but you don't have to just like, well, I'm just going to fade these three players and, that's the point. You can do whatever you want. It's like, yeah. I, you don't it, need it'll probably what it'll turn into is very likely I'll build pretty much the same way that I usually build. I'm just going to be hoping that the way that I build is not completely contrarian because <laughs> I, because I don't want to be completely off of the chalk. And usually I'm not at it. It should be, I I'm hoping that I don't have to be stacking against like the highest owned pitcher or something. No, well, you know, I don't think you ever had that. The, the live final will always be on a slate that that is decently sized. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be good. I'm pretty excited about that. So um, when is that? When is that again? It's the 20th of August, I think. Where Where is it? San Diego. Oh, okay. So you get to go to the beach. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, there from the 18th to 21st. Um, I think we'll probably stay through the 22nd. I have some friends out there that I'd like to see. Okay. So, you're taking 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 Margaret as a plus one. Maybe. You know, you don't tell. No, that's that's news to really. Yeah, that would be so, like oh, family vacation. Yeah, Damascus will not get on a plane. We had a really bad experience. But what with did that. He refuse? He's too young to refuse. Well, there's there's refusing, and then there is throwing a tantrum so bad. Well, of course, know, right. But I'm just saying, seizure, he's not refusing like, to get on a plane. He's just being in. He's just being a uh, commotion. It's a it's a medical thing. So he he has tantrums that are so bad that he starts seizing up a bit. And if that happened when a plane took off, uh, it, you'll be added to a watch list. At some that's point. a disaster, <laughs> right? So, uh, if we cannot find a babysitter for five days, then Margaret can't come with. Okay. And and that obviously would suck. I would prefer for Margaret to come with and like my mom just watch Damascus for the week. Right. No, uh, actually, you could do the wink, wink. You prefer to have a nice vacation by yourself or bring a friend or something like that right hang out yeah. with the dfs people then you're then you're what yeah and, and to be fair margaret at the beginning of that month is going to be going to uh with her friend she's going to be gone for a week doing like an airbnb stay and oh like, so you get no so yeah i would say i would say to her i'm going by myself right so okay, okay. Just, she gets a week vacation you get a week vacation right there, there it's it is technically going to be a win-win one way or another, but it's still like, you know, I'd like Margaret to come with because we, so we you both don't really have to keep up days. appearances, James. We're all friends here. Yeah, no. She ain't watching this show. <laughs> no, she's listening from the door outside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it should be a really good time. Um, I'm still going to try to get one more ticket. I think that having two tickets would be really good for my play style. Um, but if I don't get it, I, I'm probably getting not going to fire. Getting greedy, James, spending all in bankroll, getting greedy. No, I'm getting. I'm making sure that I'm in the best position that I can be in. I, I don't mind playing qualifiers. Uh, we we have talked plenty of times before that, like me making a bunch of money playing DFS is not my main goal. So having a live final ticket, I would like to be able to maximize the way that I play it, which would take another ticket. Um, and I have, I probably am not going to get another one. We'll be realistic here. I took first in that one, and then I took third and lost by five points in another one. So I think that's pretty much all of my equity used up for this year. But we'll see. I mean, there's plenty of qualifiers this week. I think they're firing off a bunch of 232s and some 16s and stuff like that. So we'll yeah, see. You, Hopefully I get another one this week. And you can find James's stuff, paydirtdfs.com, as well as uh, get his Excel tools as part of the Theory DFS for Advanced Players at Theory of DFS. Dot com. Follow him in, follow him on uh, Twitter, Pater underscore DFS, and me at Blender HD. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. If you're new here, hit the subscribe button. A lot of nerdy talk, right? Yeah. This show is is oh, you're not talking about the players. It's like no, we talk about we we talk about uh, you know kind of the real, the mathematical process, the game theory. Of DFS, and we answer your questions. I answer your questions at least. James, I mean, he's here on Mondays, but I mostly answer your questions. So send them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's what I do throughout the week. I mean, we I think we have a Grinders Live 
preemption at uh, one of the days this week that I'll be on with Dean. Obviously, we still have MMA going on. That'll that'll be on Fridays. But all the other days, we have some unstructured learning. So send in your questions and I'll answer them. That's what I do here. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.